reading Psalm 16, and I just want to kind of get this out of the way before we read it. Um, if you go over to Acts, the second chapter, you'll see that um, Peter states that David wrote this um, from the point of view of Jesus. But there's also a correlation to David's life as he writes this to the Father. And God was very clear because I wrestled with it for many reasons, Pastor would tell you, um, and kind of went down a rabbit hole a little bit. But God was clear that he wanted this shared today. I think a lot of times we talk about what God has done for us, and that's good. We talk about the ways that he's made, and that's good. We are to share our testimony and tell of the goodness of God. But there are also times that we should declare just who he is. Amen. Just who he is, this great God that we worship and live for and serve, just who he is. And this psalm is just a little bit of that. It does not rightly break down who God is, but it gives us just a little bit of a mind of a of who God is. Amen. So let's read. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So if you'll follow along with me, I'm going to read it in its entirety. It says, keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my heroes. I take pleasure in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in, its, in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I want to also read from... The Passion Translation, I like the way this reads. It says, keep me safe, almighty one. I run for dear life to you, my safe place. So I said to the Lord God, you are my maker, my mediator, and my master. Any good thing you find in me, it has come from you. And he said to me, my holy lovers are wonderful, my majestic ones, my glorious one, fulfilling all my desires. Yet there are those who yield to their weakness, and they will have troubles and sorrows unending. I never gather with such ones, nor give them honor in any way. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hand. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you, for you have given me the best. Hallelujah. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more, for your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. 
because you are t- because you are close to me and always available my confidence will never be shaken for i experience your wraparound presence every moment my heart and soul explode with joy full of glory even my body will rest confident and secure for you will not abandon me to the realm of death nor will you allow your holy one to experience corruption for you bring me to a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. Glory to God. We just bless God for his word. Hallelujah. That's right, Brother Robert. (laughs) I'm going to use for a subject today, he is, he is, he is, he is. And the first note, because we're going to move pretty quickly through this, it's just what I feel. Just go with me, stay with me. The first thing we're going to talk about is he is my safe place. Somebody say he is my safe place. He keeps me safe, not just from the dangers unknown. I thank him for shielding me from the things I don't even know I need shielding from. I thank him for covering me and protecting me from the dangers that I'm in and I'm not even made aware of it. But the Bible also declares that he is is our refuge. And y'all know I like definitions of words. And so I looked up the word refuge and there are many, many definitions to this word. But I wrote down three that really spoke to me. Refuge is defined as shelter from danger or distress. Shelter from danger or distress. Secondly, a sanctuary uh, is a secure place, a a sanctuary secures safety by its sacredness. But this is the one that really got me excited. This is the one that really blessed me. It says a place of refuge is a place that is inaccessible to the enemy. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that when I find myself uh, in trouble, when I find myself in distress, not only will he cover me from the things that I don't know, but I'm glad and it serves as good news to me that when I know I'm in trouble, I can run to the place that is called a refuge. I can run to the place that is found in him and the enemy cannot get me. It does not mean that whatever is after me, whatever the trial is, whatever the attack is, it does not mean that it ceases to exist, but its ability to touch me ceases to be. Somebody shout, he is my, y'all looking real confused. I'm going to just look at the clock. Somebody shout, he is my safe place. He is a shield for me when I know it. He is a shield for me when I don't know it. He covers me when I don't deserve it. He's there for me when I don't even have a mind to call on him. He's ever mindful of me. He is my safe place. When I that is my safe place the enemy has no power to go beyond and touch me glory to his name somebody say he's my safe place he's my safe place he's my safe place the enemy cannot touch me when I lose myself in him when I find myself in him the enemy cannot touch me so if the enemy is beating you up one side and down the other you need to take inventory of your position are you in him are you in the place of refuge that is our Lord are you in the place of safety that is only found 
found in him, the safest place we can find ourselves is in the will of God because the enemy's power ceases, hallelujah, to be effective when I find myself in him. Woo! He is my safe place. He's my safe place. And even when I don't have understanding, I can still find safety in him. Oh, he's my safe place. Second thing I want you to know is he is just good like that. Somebody say he's just good like that. It says every good thing comes from God. He is our master. He is what is good. Only goodness can come from him. Only goodness manifests from him. He is good. James 1.17 declares whatever is good and whatever is perfect is a gift coming down to us from our father. The father who created the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Every good thing comes from him. Every good thing I possess comes from our Lord. He is just good like that. And even when I'm not good, when I've messed up, when I've gone my own way, he does not cease to be good. When it feels good to me, he's good. When it doesn't feel good to me, he's good. When I'm crying, he's good. When it hurts, he's still good. When it doesn't work my way, he's still good. When I look to him and he says no, he's still good. Somebody shout, he's good like that. Woo! He's just good like that. There's no error in him. There's no lack in him. In him lies the fullness of all we need. And it is good. Not only is he good just because it's the essence of who he is, but he's good because he's always mindful of us. He knows exactly where we are at all times. He knows what we stand in need of at all times. And I'm so glad that he was mindful not to put us on this journey to walk alone the bible declares that he will give us people a community of people who will build with us who will walk with us who will be a hand in our back yeah we'll have some naysayers and yeah we'll have some people that try to shoot daggers in our back but i'm so glad that greater is the number that is for me than the numbers that are against me and if you'll shift focus you'll see that he surrounded you with the support you need he surrounded you with every voice you need with every hand you need somebody shout I'm not in it by myself he's so good and he loves us so much that we don't have to walk this thing out by ourselves we have a group of people who see who we are, Lord have mercy. And where we mess up is that oftentimes we'll focus on the three who aren't for us. We'll focus on the three who make a lot of noise, but they ain't got no power. We'll focus on the three that always got something to say. When we have a multitude who are saying, go, 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 do it, do it, do it. But we'll focus on them three boogers who ain't got a heaven or hell to put you in. We'll focus on the three that's always talking about everybody. What makes you think you're different? We should expect naysayers when we walk in the divine places that God has called us to. Do you think the enemy will sit on the wayside and allow us to walk in victory without a fight? No, he's not like us. When we walk in purpose, it gets his attention and he raises up to try to stop us. But I'm so glad that we're surrounded by people who have power through God who will hold us up when we need to be held up who will push us
stoned when we need to be put stoned. And God did that. Why? Because he's just good like that. Somebody shout, he's just good like that. He knew we would need a hand in our back. He knew that. He knew that we would need a voice in our ear. He knew. He knew we would need a hand to hold, a shoulder to lean on. He has always been and always will be mindful of us. Woo! Can we give him praise for just being mindful? We need to stop declaring, I don't need anybody but God. It's true from the standpoint that he holds all we need, but it's a lie because it's not the way he set the thing up. Whew. And if we just look to the life of Jesus, our greatest example, we'll see we're not meant to walk it out by ourselves. And when we acknowledge that and understand that, it won't be a surprise when the enemy tries to fight against us and sow the spirit of discord and sow the spirit of division. We'll see it for what it is. But I am glad, and I want you to hear this, that in the midst of all of that going on, in the midst of the enemy making all kinds of noises, victory is still yours to walk in. You just got to shift your focus. You got to believe what God said is so, and there's nothing that can change that. The enemy wants you off post. The enemy wants you to quit. The enemy wants you to stay at home. The enemy wants you to give up. The enemy wants you to cut ties. The enemy wants you isolated. Why? Because when you're isolated, you talk to yourself. When you're isolated, you talk to yourself. A lot of times the enemy doesn't even have to say anything. The things we tell ourselves is enough to keep us bound. But I'm glad that I got some folk who love me enough that when I isolate myself, he'll reach to where I am and pull me out. Woo! Why? Because he's good like that. He's good like that. And so... David goes on to say that I ain't saying the name of no idol God. I ain't getting caught up in that mess. And what we have to do is not isolate ourselves from people who don't believe like us, people who don't live like us. We're not to isolate ourselves from them. But you can't, you also can't be. <laughs> you can't be influenced. Y'all help me. Y'all know what this means. <laughs> Give me the word. <laughs> you can't be influenced by them. You are put in positions with believers to be the influencer. <laughs> but what happens is we get in it and we're influenced by the world. Next thing you know, we're trying to bring twerking in the church. We're trying to get turned up in church. In the name of our Lord, it's true. We got a man called the cussing pastor. And people actually go to his church. Influenced by the world instead of being the influencer. Amen. Tell somebody, you be the influencer. You be the light. 
in the dark places. If God trusts me enough to walk in the dark places, I want to be an effective light. I want to be the right kind of light that point people to him. I don't want, in, I don't want the world to dim my light. And the next thing you know, I'm, twer I'm twerking and I'm doing whatever else Cardi B be talking about it. Yeah, y'all, listen. Okay, that's a different sermon. That's a different. Pull it back. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. But anyway, we're to be the influencer in the places that God placed us. The next thing I want you to know is he is what I need. He is what I need. He is what I need. In him lies the fullness, oh God, of all I need. David says he is my inheritance. Glory to God. And that doesn't mean that I don't need anybody like we just talked about. That doesn't mean I don't need anyone outside of God. But he is our greatest example, right? Because I have him, I have what I need. Listen, because I find myself in him, I have the safety that I need that we talked about. I have the goodness that I need that we've talked about. I have the people that I need, not because I've been wise enough to choose and pick the people, not because I've been good enough to walk in the places he has afforded me, not because I have been good and deep and wonderful and doors have opened for me. No, I have everything I need and I have who I need because he is my inheritance. Because he is my treasure and in him lies the fullness of what I need. This is what that means. It doesn't mean I got Jesus and that, that's all I need. It means when I have him, I have everything else I need. I have the power I need. I have the strength I need. I have the peace I need. I have the joy I need when I'm in him. When he is my treasure, when he is my inheritance, I lack nothing. He is what I need. He is my inheritance. Amen. Listen, I don't care how rich you are. Without him, you're poor. I don't care how many friends you have. With him, you're lonely. Come on. You ever known a real rich person and they're miserable? I know a couple of them. Need to sow a seed, but I know a couple of them. They're miserable. People that have bomb seemingly, seemingly bomb marriages and have it all together, and God ain't in it. They're miserable. They're driving the right cars. I don't know why I'm doing this. They're driving the right cars. They live in the best houses. They have the picket fence. They have no relationship with him, and they're miserable. He makes my life better. <laughs> he adds to my life. There is no joy outside of him. Amen? So David acknowledged that what God had given him was bomb. He acknowledged that where God has placed me and what he's done for me is so good. It's pleasant. He's given me the best land, just like it is today. <clears throat> I remember we went to an HOA meeting. I'm going to bust my husband out. He can tell me about it in the truck. Or when he get the mic, I can take it. My husband and I went to an HOA meeting for our subdivision. And there was the, these new guys coming in to build more houses in our um, neighborhood. And 
some markers had been moved on our property. And so it made it appear by the moving of the markers, the girls already laughing, that they had taken away some of our land. So we're in the HOA meeting, and my husband sit there. Everybody's talking. I love you so much. You know that? I love you. You, you mean everything to me. He raises his hand. He says, uh, I don't know what's going on, but my land been moved. I said, baby, they can't move your They can't move land. They can move the marker. They can't move land. And the man kind of looked at him. He said, your land? <laughs> land been moved. I was like, your marker, your marker. The marker's been moved, but it's okay. We understand or whatever. But why, did I, why do I share that? Because when you buy property, and it was like this in the Bible times, they would put markers to mark your land, to mark what is rightfully yours. They put markers in place. So when David says, what you've given me is pleasant, what David is saying in essence, the land that you've given me exceeded my expectations. The, what you've given me as mine, what you've given me to walk in, what I have access to because I have you, it's pleasant. It's bigger than I could ever imagine. It's better than I could have ever imagined. And I'm saying to you that when you for real surrender your life to him, the markers that he places, the things that he placed on your behalf and what he calls yours will exceed your expectations. And the markers he put in place, no man can move them. Somebody shout, what's mine is mine. What's mine is mine. And I don't care how mad they get, how ugly your neighbor look, what God has placed and called yours, it is yours. But that only comes with relationship. Lord have mercy. He is my inheritance. Glory to God. Say, he is my inheritance. Woo. Because he's my inheritance, wherever he leads me is pleasant. Whatever he gives me is pleasant. pleasant. There are privileges to serving and following the Lord. There are rewards and blessings that come as a result of following him. The next thing I want you to know is he is my joy. Lord have mercy. He is my joy. And you don't get excited about that unless you walk through a season when you didn't have joy. <laughs> that means nothing to you unless you've been in a place where you had no joy. Now I ain't talking about happiness. Happiness is contingent upon something else. I'm talking about joy. When my stuff is torn from the floor up, I still got joy. When, when everything is looking contrary to what God has spoken concerning me, I still have joy. What Joy. joy is still having a mind to praise. Joy is still having a mind to worship. Joy is still having a mind to do the thing that God has called me to. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. This joy is unexplainable. You can't put words to this kind of joy. Everything around us will say that we have a reason to hold our heads down, that we have a reason to drag our feet, that our posture should be one of defeat, but it confuses the enemy people when you can come into a place and everything that you've gone through has looked contrary to the promise God gave you, but you're still walking 
in a posture of victory. You're still walking in the posture of peace. Why? Because my joy is found in him. My joy is not found in people. My joy is not found in my circumstances. My joy comes from the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That excites me because I questioned one time, when would I experience the joy of following God? Woo! It seems like all I get are tests and trials and get it wrong and get it right and fall down and get back up and people say this is how you learn is teaching and training this is the journey this is the way it goes but my question was God when do I experience the joy of saying yes to you when do I experience the joy of doing it the way you've called me to <laughs> it's not that I'm embarking upon this and I don't expect opposition I expect it but I'm also looking for some joy in this. <laughs> and you know what God said and what he's saying to us today? You'll experience the joy when you do it my way. <laughs> You'll experience the joy when you find yourself in my will and not your will. When you let my will be done and not your will. When you say yes to not only what I've called you to, but yes to my method and yes to my process. You'll experience my joy because my joy cannot exist where my will is not fulfilled. Woo! I like that. Write that down for me. My joy cannot exist. Where my will is not fulfilled. Woo, hashtag Pastor LaShawn. You got to do it his way. You got to walk in his will. That joy that you're looking for. That peace that you're looking for. Come on. It's found in the will of God. And I love that David references the night seasons. I love this. <clears throat> Because it's necessary for us, <coughs> it's necessary for us to walk through night seasons. But what I can tell you about a night season is that you can walk through that place that is necessary, that is hurtful, that is sometimes lonely, that is uncomfortable, but you can still walk through it with joy. It's a choice. It's a mindset. I'm either going to set my mind on God, I'm going to set my mind on what I don't like about where I am. I'm either going to focus on the fact that I'm in a season of night, or I'm going to focus on what this is working on the inside of me. And I have found for myself that when I shift my focus from woe is me, and I shift my focus to what God is doing in me, there's a joy that comes with that. Lord, anybody know what I'm talking about? When I shift my focus from what's wrong and what I don't like, and I see the way God is causing it to work for my good, I see the way I'm better than I was before, I'm stronger than I was before, before I see I'm seeing a little more clearly who I am in him it's working for me there's a joy that comes with that so you can have joy somebody declare I have joy <coughs> declare it say I have joy my circumstances 
Come on, y'all. My circumstances don't dictate my joy. God is my source of joy. And because I have him, I have joy. I have joy. I have joy. Listen, regardless of the report, regardless of people, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you've lost, regardless of who you've lost, you can still have joy. For our God is joy. Shout, he is joy. And lastly, I like this. In seminary school, they taught us that when preachers, <coughs> this is a note, don't y'all be, <coughs> y'all, don't y'all be looking at them weird and crazy, okay? But in seminary school, Elder Carr, they taught us that when you feel as though you're losing your audience, that you all you got to do is say, he got up <laughs> in three days. He rose in three days. They said, all you got to do, don't, don't. They said, all you got to do is go to the cross. People, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And y'all, I've seen it. I've seen, and I don't mean no harm, but I've seen where preachers have been all over the place. And they've gone to, he got up in three days. And the church went crazy. <laughs> it's the truth. Well, I'm about to go there, but it ain't because y'all ain't with me. Because <laughs> y'all been with me. So I'm about to go to he got up. <laughs> no, no, no. Our last note is he is our living hope. <laughs> Woo! That's good news to me. What does that mean? See, the key is he's our living hope. That means he went to the cross. <laughs> he endured the cross. He died. Was put in a tomb, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Wasn't he? <laughs> Trying not to put them down. He got up, but they about to go down. <clears throat> so I'm going to come over here. Come to you, Chandra. You got me. But in three days, y'all, he got up. He didn't get up as a zombie. Right? He's not the walking dead. <laughs> but he's alive. He was resurrected. Now, that speaks several things to us today. It means that we don't have to be lost and dead in sin. That God can give us new life. When we choose him, there's a resurrection of sorts that happened on the inside of us. Isn't that great? Where we were dead, we are now alive. We have a new life, a new creation when we choose him. We are new, a new creation when we choose him. The next thing that serves as good news is because he's conquered death, I have the gift of eternal life. What does that mean? That means when I die on this side, I don't really die. <laughs> I don't die. But I get to live eternally with him. Woo! Why? Because he's my living hope. The fact that I can call him my living hope means he conquered death. <laughs> Y'all play too much. He conquered death. Death has power over him. It has no authority over him. He has authority over death. 
a life. Somebody shout, he got up so I could get up. Not just on this side, but over there too. Somebody praise God and call him my living hope. So notice to the enemy, you can bow the boot on them all you want to. The fat man that sit on your desk, you can bow to him and pray ten times a day if you want to. But I serve the only living God. And I've come to serve you notice today that he got up so I could get up. He paid a debt that he did not owe. He was perfection. But he knew I was not. So he went to a cross and bowed his head and died. And some of you might say, you better not. If you do, you say it to yourself. Don't say it out loud. Some of you might say, well, if I knew I was going to get up, I was going to die too. But you wouldn't endure what he did. (laughs) You wouldn't stay the course the way that he did, especially for a people who would reject you. You wouldn't have continued to say yes the way he did. You wouldn't have had a nevertheless the way he did when he was able to see the failures and the sin that you would choose over him. So I don't care if you knew you would get up, you wouldn't do it. You would have the strength and the ability to endure what he did. And when, as people say, as, and when he had an opportunity to call on all of heaven and they show up for him, he didn't. Why? Because of me. Because of you. He is our living hope. He is alive. He conquered death so that we would be able to live. And all we have to do is choose him. Choose to do it his way. Amen? So I want you to take a moment and think about the fact that he conquered death so you could have eternal life. And can you just let your mind take you over your life, go all the way back? You know, you were real sweet them early, early years, but let our minds take us to them teen years. My husband say when you were fast and mannish. (laughs) When your mind wasn't on God, let your mind take you there for just a minute. Me and my cousins sneaking in the hi-hat and doing stuff. (laughs) When we had the competition of how low can you go? Could take it down there and bring it back up. These knees can't do that. Our minds were not on him. My mind was not on him. But his mind was on me. <laughs> and even then, he desired me. When my mom and my grandmother were in my ear telling me to give my life to him, I rejected him. I rejected the moment. And you would think, because it's how we do, when people reject us, all right, then bye. But he didn't do that. Because he was already invested 
Oh, God, in who I would be. He already knew what he had placed on the inside of me. And he knew she's there now, but one day she's going to be here. He's here now and he's doing this, but one day he's going to declare my goodness before people who don't even want to hear about me. And the things they're in now are the things that I will use to draw others to me. Don't think you've gone too far, you've gone too low. Do we have some believers who can declare, I've been in some dark places? Come on, can we be honest? That he's had to reach way down and pick me up? Can I tell you one more thing? Don't tell nobody. Can I tell you one more thing? He's had to reach down to get me since I've surrendered to him. He's just good like that. <laughs> He's had to clean me up since I've said yes to him. He's just good like that. And he wants us. He desires us. Y'all stand. He's a good, good.